We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard. The perfecter of the patio and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hi, I'm Hannah Brown, and welcome to Better Tomorrow. My absolute favorite thing to do is have a heart-to-heart talk with my new friends and my best friends, where we sit down and talk about all the things like relationships and love, faith, and self-care. And of course, the little things as well, like the struggle to figure out what to eat tonight. All in all, I really want to ask, how am I better today than yesterday, and bring artists, entrepreneurs, and friends along on the journey. So join me on the journey, will you? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Better Tomorrow. Today, we have uh, a really awesome guest for you guys. We have Liz Moody here. Liz is the host of the top-rated The Liz Moody Podcast, is the author of best-selling books, Healthier Together, Recipes for Two, Nourishing Your Body, Nourish Your Relationship, and Glow Pops, and a popular online content creator who has helped millions of people transform their lives Her newest book, 100 Ways to Change Your Life, The Science of Leveling Up Health, Happiness, Relationships, and Success, draws from Moody's more than a decade of experience in the health and wellness world, serving as a new kind of personal development book, one that empowers readers to craft their unique best life based on the habits they want to form, the problems that they want to solve, and the parts of their life they want to take to the next level. I am so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to talk about your newest book. Um, And I'm so excited that we get to like join back and talk together because I was on your podcast recently and we just had the best time in getting this podcast to actually happen. This conversation, um, I will say has been my most rescheduled podcast because mostly on my part of just like things coming up, but I'm glad that it's finally happened um we're like star-crossed lovers we are <laughs> but I, you know I'm actually glad that it happened because I feel like I've had I had more time to like finish your book read read it through um I also want to say since the last time we saw each other you gave me your conversation cards oh yeah and Adam and I have been like really we got obviously have been we're engaged but we've been really focusing on 
preparing not just like for a wedding but preparing for a marriage Mm. and we've been like working with a couple therapists and like really just tuning fine-tuning our way we communicate with each other what our needs are and so we've been having like more intentional time together and we've used your cards a few times and it's been so fun like just like after dinner when we're just like sitting and talking and it's helped so much just get to know each other in like different ways and ask questions we want to think to ask Oh, that makes me so happy. I mean, my husband and I still use them the same way. And we've been together for 16 years coming up on, which is wild to me. We met when we were tiny babies. Um, But we still use it in the same way because otherwise I think with partners, we can default to the, how was your day? And just not really get to the deeper meteor stuff that we want to talk about. Also, I should give you raunchier together, which is the the no, R-rated you've given one. me that one. You've okay, given me that I was one. like, you just haven't used that, that one. That one can spice up the relationship in a nice way as well. <laughs> <laughs> I have that one, but this one, like we used one time, and then we just loved it, so we just continued to go through these. But well, and the thing we'll is, each card like takes like sometimes 10, 15, 20 minutes totally. will spark a really long conversation. So it takes you a really long time to get through the entire box. Which is nice. Yeah. Like, and and it's like, you could just do like one or two and really have like a good long conversation because it can be so easy for us. Like, I think at the end of the day, I'm just like brain dead sometimes. And that's like the time that I, we really have with each other. And it can be really easy and really tempting to just like have dinner and watch a show, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong. I love TV. I'm never going to not love TV. But I did find that we weren't really spending quality time together. Like we were together, but not really using that time. So even just those have been so helpful. So I just wanted to say thank you for that gift because they've been great. How did you decide to even like, come up with these cards and and do that I wanted to give people the tools to have the types of conversations that we have on my podcast people were always like oh you go so in depth you ask such good questions and I wanted to empower people to bring that level of in-depth conversation that we all really really want to have in our lives to their friends their partners their family members people will write to me and they'll say i found out things about my dad that i had no idea and i've known my dad for my entire life um and so i think we all want to go there we just don't know how to and like you said sometimes we're really tired at the end of the long day and i shared these questions recently with my audience of six questions to ask if you want to make 2024 your best year yet and one of them was how often do you give the people that you love the most the best version of yourself mm. and i think it's worth thinking about because yes we want these people to be a safe space for us we want them to be the people that we can be the most comfortable with and not have to put on a show but also sometimes that leads to our friends the people at work getting our most sparkly versions of ourselves and the people that we want to shine the brightest for getting the dullest version, getting the tired version. And I get it. We all are very busy. And these cards are kind of like a quick pathway to that sparkly version, a low effort way to get there. I think that's a really great question to ask because I think a lot of people, if we were being honest, (laughs) would not answer it the way that we would hope we we could honestly say um that's like been a big intention for both adam and i like for 2024 and i think we've Mm. done pretty we've done a lot better at it 
but it also can be uncomfortable. Like change can be uncomfortable in being able to be like, Hey, like this is something we're working on. Let's, let's change our habits, which I feel like kind of gets into what I feel like you are great, have like a plethora of advice for. Um, and your book has just been so helpful for that too, for me. Um, what made you feel like this book was necessary in there is a so many different self-help books out there, but I feel like this one was is different. And why why do you think that this one is different? And why did you think it was necessary for you to write this for people like me that are trying to figure out how to change? So there's a few different reasons. The biggest reason probably is that it's really personal for me. I have a pretty intense anxiety story. I went from being completely agoraphobic. I couldn't get out of bed without having panic attacks to living this thriving, exciting, beautiful, wonderful life that I'm living today. And I wanted to give people some of the tools that I developed in that journey so that anybody who's in a hard place, whether it's with anxiety or with feeling stuck in their relationships or with feeling stuck at work, would have the tools to create the life that they wanted. So that's one really, really big reason. And I think that the one of the reasons it's broken down in the way that it is in these little actionable steps is because that's what it was for me. People are always looking for this one giant revelation that's going to change your life completely. And in truth, change comes from taking these tiny actionable steps and sticking to them and not just attacking it from one direction, which is another reason I wrote the book in the format that it is. It has 18 different categories we cover relationships, gut health, longevity, um, success, friendships, all these different things. And people are kind of like, well, wait, how do all of these things go together? Why are these in a book together? But I think that the fact that they are in a book together is so incredibly important to me because our gut health, our microbiome impacts our mental health. There is a relationship via the gut-brain axis. And then our mental health impacts how we show up at our relationships and how we show up at work. And then how stressed we are at work is going to impact our gut microbiome. It's all a giant cycle. And so when we're just working on our gut health or we're just working on our work life or we're just working on our relationships, we're missing a really critical part of the puzzle. And then the last reason is that I kept going to bookstores and I would read these self-help books and I would really enjoy them while I read them. And then I'd be left with this sort of empty feeling afterwards. Like, oh, I felt really good. It's like kind of a candy bar. You'd be eating it while you're eating it. You're like, oh, so good. And then afterwards you're like completely unsatisfied. And I wanted the antidote to that. I wanted a book that answered the question, what do I actually do? What does the science say? And for people to see real results in their own lives. And now the book's been out for three months, four months. And it's been really fun because people write to me and they share the results and they are actually changing their lives, which was my ultimate goal. I think the key word um, in that is action. And it's something that I've been um, really passionate about lately because I've also like changed up my therapy. I mean, I'm telling you, it was actually so great that our conversation got pushed back because I have like a new appreciation for for this book and the conversations mm. that this starts because I have been going, I feel like my life has been like a dark night of the soul for the past like four years to be quite honest. And 
I am very privileged that I've been able to like seek help and I've been seeking and seeking so much help reading all the books, going to all the different specialists. And it can make you feel like what is wrong with me. You can read like this great self-help book and at the end feel like so empty Mm. and you can go to the therapist. But what I realize is a lot of it is so passive and it's information without like their action behind it. And especially when I think you, like you've said, you've struggled with anxiety and um, felt depression before and like, it's so great. We like getting the help. First of all, just even asking for help is so hard, but then sometimes you don't always get the right help or the right information at that time because it's really hard to even know what to do. And I feel like in your book kind of goes with, I'm learning in my therapy that having a little bit more of um, not as passive as a, approach with my therapist, but my mm-hmm. therapist is really helping me take action instead of just like being like, I think a lot of therapists, I don't know if you've heard this, but like their whole mantra or like way of being taught is like, oh, the person will find help when they need it or they'll change when they're ready to change. And it's like, no, I'm ready to change. <laughs> but you don't know what to do. And I can, first do, of yeah. all, I totally know what you mean. I My dad's a therapist, my mom's a therapist, and my sister's finishing her PhD in therapy. In therapy. And then my husband's mom is a therapist and his dad is a therapist. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> So something's quite wrong with me probably as a result of that. But I've been raised really in the therapy world. And my sister and I joke sometimes that you could make a therapy app where all it did is repeat, well, what do you think that means? (laughs) And it's true to an extent. And I do think a really beautiful thing about therapy is it asks you to look inside yourself and it empowers you to say that you have the answers But I personally really like concrete action steps. So I can give you an example of that from the book. People always say, like, love yourself, believe in yourself, you can do it. And so I would do things like look in the mirror and be like, you got this girl, like, I love you, you're the best. And it never built any sense of real self-love for me. And I was kind of like, okay, what do I actually do? And we have a tip in the book about how self-love comes from self-trust because if we don't trust ourselves when we're looking in the mirror and we're saying you got this girl I believe in you we don't believe ourselves when we're saying those words so the question becomes how do you build self-trust and you build self-trust by keeping little promises to yourself so when you say to yourself I'm not going to reach for my phone first thing in the morning I'm going to get out of bed and start my morning routine and then the next morning comes around and you reach for your phone and you're scrolling on it first thing you've broken a little promise to yourself when you say I'm going to work out today and then you skip it you've broken a little promise to yourself it's like having a partner who says I'll take out the trash I'll take out the trash I'll take out the trash never takes out the trash the next time they say I'll take out the trash you're not going to believe that they're going to take out the trash so if we can connect keeping those tiny promises to ourselves saying I'm going to work out today and then following through with that I'm not going to reach for my phone following through with that Two, I'm building the foundation of self-trust that will let me build that self-love. All of a sudden, we've taken this very esoteric concept and we've grounded it in this very concrete action step. I need to keep promises to myself. If I can't keep promises to myself, I need to make those promises tinier and tinier and tinier until I can consistently keep them. And then I can raise the bar from there. And that's how my brain works. I don't like the floofy esoteric. I like to get into reality. I like to get grounded in real life and I like to figure out, 
okay, tomorrow morning when I wake up, what am I doing to feel the way that I want to feel and to build the life that I want to build? I totally agree. That self-trust one really hit home for me. It's something that um, I'm learning that I could have more of. <laughs> um, but the way that I think you do in a lot of these things in the book, it's like how you said, like, we'll make it tinier and tinier so that you can show up for yourself. Like maybe it's not, I'm going to work out every single day this week when you haven't worked out in three months, like maybe our three years. Okay. Well, maybe it's, I'm going to get outside and do a, a small walk. A micro day. workout. That's yeah, another I'm tip in yeah. the book. I love micro workouts. If I had to get in the car and drive to the gym every day, I would work out never. I do a 20 minute online video workout every day. That is my minimum. If I go more than that, amazing. But I got my 20 minutes and I can always, always, always talk myself into a 20 minute online workout. Yeah, I um, I feel like that is the key to just starting any habit. And I, I, well, I know that from... <laughs> from your book now. Today is about looking for new ways to better ourselves, but sometimes that means looking in a totally different place or even a different state. In South Dakota, travel is transformative. It's good for the soul. It's the kind of place to just let go, to escape from routine and predictability of life. To put down the phone and pick up a sense of adventure and to see the world a little bit differently, as in not through our screen. Life in South Dakota is about unplugging from it all and connecting with the world around you. It's about being open to real surprises and treating your senses to a real, raw, natural beauty that doesn't need a filter. Whether you're exploring the mountains and trees of the Black Hills, hiking through the Badlands, navigating the wild towns, or camping under the stars, South Dakota is the place to get a little lost and find yourself along the way. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time at TravelSouthDakota.com. There are a lot of times that I shouldn't have trusted my gut. Usually involves some type of ice cream and pizza situation where I think it's totally okay to eat a whole pint of ice cream or a whole pizza. Probiotics can't help you with most of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. Ritual has made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics to support a balanced gut microbiome. All in one minty capsule, no refrigeration needed. Ritual products are rigorously tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals. They are a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just the company's financial health, but also the health of people in our planet. I love my Ritual products, but I really, really love the Symbiotic Plus. I take it every day. I love the little minty capsule because usually, you know, some of the little things that we have to take for our gut just don't smell, taste the best, but I love the minty flavor. Um, but it's something that I just think has really helped me um, and my gut health. And there's no shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash Hannah B. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash Hannah B for 25% off. My experience taking a language in high school was basically going through a workbook by myself 
and playing cards with my friends. I would not say there was much learning going on. So it made it really difficult for it to stick. Rosetta Stone is one of the most trusted language learning programs, and it's available on desktop or can be used on an app on your phone or tablet. It's trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offers. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. With this intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I love the true accent feature because... I really need help just pronouncing words in general, and especially when I'm trying to add like an accent to it a little bit to actually pronounce it correctly. Um, It's really great to have that feedback to know what I need to be doing a little bit better so that people can actually understand what I'm saying. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Better Tomorrow with Hannah Brown listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Hannah B. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. That is amazing. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Hannah B today. Can I also say I love that you and your fiance are doing this work before you get married. I think that therapy and working on relationships has this really bad rap for something that we do when things are going wrong. But like anything with wellness, period, if you can do it before things are going wrong, you're going to have a much better outcome or chance of success. Um, So I think it's really admirable that you're both doing that and talking about it. Thank you. I feel like we do kind of get like a side eye of like, what are you doing? But um, I think we also, me and you share this in common, like I didn't really have the best examples of relationships growing up um, and kind of had a lot of trauma, like when I was younger and I'm processing through that. And so because I've been doing that and that has been such like forefront of my mind, like it's really important for me that like I take this, I'm, I know everybody's going into a marriage, like taking it seriously to an extent, but like the wedding is something I'm ex- of course excited about, but I really want to like be grounded in the marriage of like what we're actually doing. Yes. And it's great that I have a, a partner that it's also really wants for like us to have a great marriage and partnership. And then that comes first, but it is sometimes like people are like, what are y'all doing? And I'm like, this is important to us. And it's important for like, you know, not just us, but like our future and our family that we really take the time to do this and kind of always call them like the scary closets, like go into the scary closets of within ourselves, within our relationship and make sure that like we, feel comfortable and confident in having those conversations with each other and then doing the work and knowing that we both are going to be there with each other to do the work. Well, and laying a foundation of communication is the single most important thing that you can do in any relationship. I was talking to a girlfriend about this last night where I want to go back and shake myself in my 20s when I'd go out with my girlfriends and we would, the number one conversation over brunch was like, was that guy good in bed after like your friends go out and hook up the night before? And 
I want to shake myself in my 20s and be like, there is literally no such thing as somebody being good or bad in bed. The only thing that makes one good in bed is being able to communicate because what one person is going to love is going to be so different than what the next person is going to love. It's literally about communicating with that partner and finding ways to make each other happy and meet each other's needs. And that's everything in a relationship. Like you can't be universally good or universally bad. You can be good for your partner or bad for your partner. And the only way you can get there is by learning how to communicate. Uh, yeah, for sure. And like we're, my, our therapist right now has really been into like our attachment styles. We can both be like super avoidant, um, which has been really interesting to kind of see how when we are in moments of, you know, every couple has like some type of conflict, like what we can do. So like, this is really big for us that we're not being avoidant and being like super head on about it. I think I can be the person that definitely wants to like have conversation about things, but there are little pieces that I will like be like, Oh, not going there, not going there. And so we're like fully going in and it's been great to actually be able to support each other in a mm -hmm. way that we really weren't even allowing each other to like be there for, if that makes sense. Like if we're not going to go there, but we really need to, then how can the other person even show up? If that makes sense, if you won't show up for yourself. So a hundred percent, even conflict is literally a learned skill. I just had John and Julie Gottman on the podcast and we did oh, an entire, cool. yeah, they're like the founders of couples therapy. They're yeah. incredible. Um, and they're also just a very charming, cute couple with like a cute couple dynamic in real life. Uh, but they, we did a whole episode about how to fight better because the tools of conflict are real tools. Like you don't, you're not just born knowing how to have a productive argument with your partner. Like a really interesting takeaway I learned in that episode was that there's a certain point where your body just gets so activated that you can't communicate effectively and they can measure that in a beats per minute of heart rate. And the second that your body gets over that beats per minute, you need to just take a break and find a way to physiologically calm your heartbeat down. So meditating, taking a walk, doing something like that, something like that. Otherwise, according to their research, you're so much more likely to tip into these communication patterns that are really destructive for a relationship. So literally paying attention to your physiological cues and saying, I need to go and make a physiological state change. There's something fascinating to me about it, not being a psychological state change, but actually on a physiological level, you need to change your state before you come back and continue the conversation. But that's just a tiny tool. That's one of so many tiny tools that we are not given. We don't yeah. know how to have conflicts in these ways and we need to learn it, which is why I'm so big on like, what are the tiny tools and how can we arm ourselves with them? Yeah, I agree. And I feel like having compassion for like when you find yourself in these situations, or at least this is what I'm learning of like, why can't I handle this conflict? Or why am I still feeling sad? It's like, sometimes you weren't given a lot of times we weren't given the tools to figure out how to change that state or how to get better. And um, I feel like there's also in that breath, like sometimes you try to find the tools and then you're given, you're given just more, sorry, but like bullshit. So. Well, and um, sometimes we are not gentle with ourselves with how much these things take 
in terms of practice and learning mm -hmm. to stick. This is something I've been thinking about a lot because, okay, so I wrote this book and to write this book, I did hundreds of podcast episodes. I did hundreds of hours of research. I read all of these expert books and then I compiled it into this book. And then I wrote the book, edited it like 20 times, went on tour for it, did all of these interviews about it. And it was on my last stop of the tour when I was doing a Q&A. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is actually starting to sink in. And that was after engaging with this mm -hmm. material literally hundreds of times. Like I got the same information. I got it in an audio form. I got it in a written form. I communicated it to other people. And yet we read one book or we hear one podcast or we go to one couples therapy session and we expect everything to change or we are a failure because we weren't able to enact that information. And I think we need to one, be so, so gentle with ourselves because that is not the way that our brains work from a neurological perspective. We are not designed to assimilate information via one touch point. And two, to give ourselves more touch points, to, to create the space for us to learn that. We do literally need to learn something hundreds of times over and practice it hundreds of times over for it to stick. And that is not a self-failing. That is how our brains work. And we need to create the space for that. Yes. We have to get those reps in. That's yes, what we have to get the reps in. Um, I kind of want to shift gears because uh, we kind of talked after I was on your, um, on your podcast and you talk about it a little bit in your book, but there was a one thing that we have in common really in common about like our childhood. It's just like, we talked about how you, we both kind of had like this like existential crisis mode that you'd go into at, at like, you know, like age six or seven, like that's freaking weird. And like most children, I do not think are having these type of like angsty uh, thoughts and feelings, but I would love for you to tell a little bit more about your story, but you also um, had some trauma uh, pretty extreme trauma at a really young age. And if you could just share a little bit about that. And then also, do you think that when you experience trauma so young, like, does that change the way that you just view life itself and like think about like big things in life, like death and dying um, differently? Like, have you learned anything about that? So when I was two years old, my mom was thrown off of a horse and she got in a really intense accident. She was in a coma for a very long time and then had to uh, relearn how to walk and talk and eat. And my parents got divorced as a result of that accident. And my entire childhood I got very different narratives about what had happened and I became obsessed with finding out this objective version of truth and reality. But I think the biggest thing that happened to me was my safe base was taken away. I was really destabilized in terms of my sense of what safety was uh, with my parents and with reality, essentially, the, the nature of reality. And... That has impacted me a lot of ways. Um, I think that I do have a sense of like existential 
ambition because I had this thing when I was younger where I'm like, something terrible can happen at any moment in life. Like my mom's accident was a one in a million thing. Um, and so I was acutely aware from the moment that I can first remember that one in a million things can happen to anybody, that that statistics weren't really a comfort. So when people tried to comfort me with them, I said, well, yeah, but my mom was the one in a million. Um, yeah, I, to I feel that. Yeah. I mean, what happened to you? It's like, I, yeah. You, like the, oh, it's the worst case scenario. It's like, no, but I've been through worst case scenario. Yeah. And like, so you're just happen. like, well, that, that yeah. can happen. I have proof that that can happen. Um, and I think what I've struggled with as an adult and what I've worked on a lot is creating that safe base for myself. So I have two thoughts on this. Actually, I actually have three thoughts on this. One is that relational bonds can heal relational wounds. So I had very destabilized relationships as a child as a result of my mother's accident. Um, and I have attachment issues and all of these different things. And I thought for a long time that it was my responsibility to heal those on my own or it didn't count. Like if, if somebody else was involved in my healing, then it could be taken away from me at any moment because that's how my anxiously attached brain thinks. And a real learning of my adult life is that wounds that happen in relationships are healed in relationships and that just because the wound has been healed in the relationship doesn't mean you don't get to keep that healing even if that relationship ends. That healing is ours always, but we need the other people to create that healing for ourselves. So my relationship with my husband, for instance, has been an incredibly healing relationship, but I also have relationships with my friends. I have a relationship with my cat that has been an incredibly healing relationship for me. And all of those are mine to keep, even though they've been formed with other people. So that's been a really big thing. And then two, I've worked on creating a sense of security and safety for myself. And I did an episode of the podcast that's called You Can Actually Heal Your Anxiety. It was with Dr. Russell Kennedy. And we talked a lot in that episode about how my logical brain is looking for these logical answers for things. I'm I'm very head focused because when I was a kid, I couldn't take real life actions. I was trapped in my head. All I could do was think about all the problems in my life, but I wasn't empowered to actually do anything about them. So I've tried out thinking my problems for 30 years now. It doesn't work. It, out thinking my anxiety is not going to happen. And what he taught me to do in that episode is to instead just give me the comfort that I wish I had gotten as a child. So mm -hmm. I feel my anxiety in my chest a lot. And when I used to feel anxiety, I would be like, well, is it because of this? Is it because of this? Should I do this? Should I do this? And I've been more recently just taking a moment and putting both of my hands on my chest and just saying like, you're safe. You've got this. You're okay. And that's been incredibly helpful. It felt almost silly when he was teaching it to me in the episode. I was like, no, like I need a real solution. I mean, you know how my brain works, but I found that to be incredibly powerful to just say there's a little kid inside of me who feels unsafe, who did not get that reassurance, who did not get that sense of security. And that's the thing that I actually need right now. And then the third thing I'll say is that I have a tip in the book 
and it feels morbid, but it's one of my all-time favorite tips, which is to think about your death. And the idea behind that is if you can picture yourself on your deathbed in your 90s, when you're 120, I don't know how long we're all planning on living these days, but if you can picture that person and think about what would really matter to them from a perspective of things to do and also things to not care about like would the person who's laying on their deathbed be like wow I am so glad that you were worried about your cellulite on the beach that day like that was such a good use of your finite time on this planet or would they be like you should have been enjoying the waves and the sand and the delicious drinks with your friends all of these things like obviously the latter and also would the person on your deathbed wish you'd taken that risk or taken that chance or told that person that you love them or gone after that job. And it provides such a helpful sense of perspective for how we should live our lives. And because of my mom's accident, I mean, I am now older than the age she was when she had her accident, which is so interesting for me to think about. That person on their deathbed is not just like an 89 year old person. I'm acutely aware that these things can happen at any mm -hmm. age, at any time. And it's really, really changed how I approach fear, how I approach relationships, how I approach trying to seize every single moment of my life. That was, those were some, some good. You ask big some, questions, you get big answers. Maybe, I was like, wow, <laughs> you gave me a really big answer, but I appreciate that. I think we are like, Everything that you're hitting on, I feel like I am, I've been learning recently about the importance of being able to like, first of all, kind of connect the dots of like, you know, I can know these things happened, but I can see my life now. And then being able to see how like the way that I react, the anxiety, anxiety that I'm having right now is because I'm, I'm feeling a powerless feeling that I felt in this situation. And then, okay, so now I'm feeling powerless. How do I give myself back that power in this mm. moment? So it's like, I'm having to learn the why first and then the how, which you talk a lot about in your, in your book too, I feel like, but like, it's just been, um, really interesting to be able to like connect the dots of what's happened to how I am now to what I need and how I can heal those those wounds well and I think under identifying the underlying real need is what is so critical in all of that like mm -hmm. I just did a podcast episode about redefining our relationship with our bodies I have this mantra your body is for living not looking and the episode really dives into how can we feel that our body is for living, not looking. And my guest, Dr. Lindsay Kite, who's in her PhD in body image resilience and how we view our bodies, um, was like in those moments where you're like, I look bad in these jeans or I'm feeling bad about myself. Take it to live in your body, to do something active, to go for a run, to have an orgasm, to really embrace the living moment so that you can counteract the looking moment and that's what your body actually needs in that moment not more reassurance that you look a certain way and so I think that if we can get to like what am I really looking for and how can I give myself that thing that I'm really looking for rather than peppering our lives with 
band-aids, which I think a lot of us spend a lot of time doing, that can be incredibly powerful. Like I love what you said about I need to feel powerful. So every band-aid you put on top of that is not going to do anything until you find ways to take your power back. Every band-aid that I put on top of dyeing my hair and putting on more makeup and trying to fit my body into clothes that society tells me are going to make me look good is not going to heal what I actually need, which is to feel good in my body. Oh my gosh. Yes. I know that firsthand. I mean, it's so funny, like what you think you need and then you get it and then you're, and then you still feel the exact same or shittier because you're like, Oh wait, that wasn't it. And that's what we actually know the real, I didn't know the root feeling or I feel like that's been a lot of my my life that I've found like I've I've had really cool opportunities really cool um success in some ways but it's interesting when you get it it was just like a really big pretty shiny (laughs) band-aid but you're like I'm there's still a gash there well and Um, sometimes people feel worse because as long as you have the dream that's unachieved you can tell yourself you'll feel better when you get that dream But once you achieve the dream and you don't feel better, then you're left sometimes with a sense of hopelessness. Like, well, if that wasn't it, then what now? I am lucky enough to interview incredibly successful people, people at the absolute top of their game. And it's a story I hear over and over and over, which is when I pin my happiness on this distant thing and then I get it, I feel more despair than I have ever felt before. Yeah. No, it's, it's a real thing. So I guess my question is like, what have you learned? Like, how do you, we, I, all of us shift our mindset mindset so that we can really like ingrain these healthy habits or tips that we're getting to like actually use them. Um, I think that's like a, another step in it. It's like, okay, we figure out, okay, whatever we're doing is not working. Now I can now I see what can work, but like, how do I actually like make that happen for me? To the point of what we were talking about earlier, I think getting incredibly clear about what the life that you want actually looks like is the number one step. Because if you are doing habits in service of an ideal life that isn't your own dreams, you're never going to be motivated to stick to them. And so I think a lot of us actually don't take the time to step back and say, is that my dream or is that my mom's dream, my dad's dream, my best friend's dream, a dream that I learned from television, dream Mm -hmm. I learned from a reality show where they hand out roses and tell us what love is. I think that there's a lot of dreams that we take on as our own and then we end up living this very unintentional life And when we're trying to incorporate habits that don't resonate with what we want, we're never going to be able to stick to them. So I have a tip in the book that's called Find Your Why. And it's really about exploring what are the reasons behind what you're doing. Every supplement you take should have a reason that correlates with a goal that you have. Every habit that you're incorporating should have a reason that that, that correlates with a goal that you have. And it needs to really resonate. I did not develop a workout routine until I was well into my 30s. And it's because I would work out for like a few weeks. I'd be lifting my shirt to check my stomach in the mirror to see if I'd gotten those perfect us weekly abs that I was told that I should have. And I didn't get them. 
And then I felt like a failure and I quit. And I was like, well, I guess this isn't worth it. Until I connected my workouts to feeling calmer, to feeling more energized, to having the mental health support that I need to be my best self every single day, I could not stick to them. And the second that I made that connection, I had no problem sticking to it. It was a such a powerful motivator to say, wow, if I spend 20 minutes and I sweat this morning, I get to be calm all day long. I get to have energy all day long. I get to not just feel that sense of sadness that I can't pinpoint to anything all day long. So your why not only has to correlate with the habits that you're putting in your life, but it needs to resonate with what your ideals are on the truest level. That was probably one of the the biggest things that I got from your book. I loved that, like a- asking yourself the why and really getting down to that because I mean, it was actually yesterday. It was so freaking cold. It, we're in a snowstorm here in Nashville right now. And I did not, like, I just wanted to, like, lay down all day. And I told myself I was going to go outside and go, like, on a little walk. But then I was like, ugh, I just don't want to. But then I was like, okay, well, why did I even say I wanted to do this in the first place? Mm. And it was like, and because I knew that, okay, if I go outside, the sun's out. The sunlight helps me be like feel like that dopamine hit I want to feel happier why is because I want to like be happier and like this is going to make me feel happy at the end and it's just like getting down to that instead of just being like oh I want I have to go on this walk and that was another thing also like I think a lot of times um when we think we have to change, we think you have to suffer. And you, you talk about that in your book. I want you to share a little bit more about like that mantra you have about wellness and um, like sh- change that I feel like um, is a really great mantra that people would, would love to hear. One of my favorite mantras is wellness is a tool. It's not an end unto itself. So the second that wellness is making your life worse, it is no longer wellness. And that feels obvious, but if you it is think not, of, it is. <laughs> I have always thought, no, it is not obvious. I have always like kind of thought like even in like a workout or something that you had to suffer. If you're not like kind of hating it, then you're not actually doing it. Which and is, isn't it so interesting? I've interviewed hundreds of doctors and I will say, what's the best workout for hormones? What's the best workout for gut health? What's the best workout for mental health? And over and over, they're like, the best workout is the one that you will enjoy enough to stick to over and over and over. Because if you are not sticking to the workout, you're not getting any of the benefits of it. And we're just not going to stick to, and this is not my opinion, this is science. Research proves this over and over and over. We're not going to stick to something that we hate in the long term. So... We try to suffer ourselves into a better life so often. We try to force ourselves to eat food that we hate. We try to do workouts that are miserable and awful. And there's a place for small amounts of good stress. That's a concept called hormesis. It's really, really powerful and interesting. That's things like why cold showers are good for you, why sauna sessions are good good for you, why doing hard things like a fact I share in the book that I think is fascinating is carrying your groceries in the rain actually balances your dopamine because you're doing this hard thing that's pressing gently on the levers that are balancing the dopamine in your brain 
But by and large, if the habits that you're filling your life with are making your life worse, not better, then what is the point? Like the end goal is all of us living lives that feel as good as possible now and will feel as good as possible later. So what are we doing if we're stacking them with things that are just making ourselves miserable in the names of being well? Where my engaged girls, congrats, you're engaged, so am I. Now you may be like me wondering what's next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. Zola has everything you need to plan your wedding in one place, including venue options and all your vendors. Plus, you can get designs, save the dates and invites, build a free wedding website, create your registry and stay on track and on budget throughout the entire process with their free planning tools. Zola has created everything you need to make the whole process super easy and hopefully actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on the couch. Look, I have just now opened the can of worms of all that is wedding planning, but I'm so thankful for Zola because it can help make wedding planning so much easier for all of us engaged girlies. We need to be having fun. We need to be excited. It doesn't need to be a stressful process. And I feel like Zola can really help us engaged girlies enjoy this time of our life because we are celebrating the love that we have created and this beautiful new chapter in our life. And we do not need to be crying over napkins and invitations. So Zola's got us covered. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Although I'm not there yet myself, I know a lot of you listening have children and want to set up your child for success. So IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Oh my gosh, I wish I would have had IXL when I was going through school because I really needed that extra help just to like get things implemented into my brain so that I could really know what I was learning and not just be like, I don't know, I had a good memory, but I don't think I actually learned something, but that's really through repetition. And I feel like IXL is wonderful for that. I think this is such a wonderful product for anybody who's like just struggling with a topic or just trying to get ahead, study for a test. It really can help in so many ways. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Better Tomorrow with Hannah Brown listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Hannah B. Visit IXL.com slash Hannah B to get the most effective learning program out there for the best price. When you were learning all this, like when did you, for yourself, when did you decide or was it always in the back of your mind that you wanted to be able to share this information through a podcast or a book? Like did that, was that always in the back of your mind or... Did that come always. later? Yeah, it came a little later. So when I got my full-time job, I was working in the editorial world in New York City. So I was back to sort of the journalism editorial life that I knew. And a lot of people 
just kept telling me over like you should have a podcast because I was the kind of person where when you're talking I'm like oh I want to know more I want to know more I want to know more uh and so the podcast came out of that and then the book came out of feeling like I had so much incredible information on the podcast and I wanted to create a resource that people could really easily access I'm all about like how can we make this easy and fun for people so they can actually action it because there's a lot of science out there but a lot of it is boring. A lot of it is hard to understand. And again, above all, suffer less, you know, like we don't need to be putting ourselves to sleep to try to learn the things that are going to change our lives. We don't need to be stressing ourselves out to do it. So I'm like, how can we make this as accessible and fun as possible? Well, I feel like you have done that. And um, like I said, your book, 100 Ways to Change Your Life, has been so awesome for me. And I know that it will be for a lot of people because I also love in the book, like, side note, like how there's a lot of different options for people. And sometimes you think, oh, like, I remember there was like how to be more creative. And like on one page, it's like, don't think of anything, don't do anything. Has, like, <laughs> and then the next is like, run, go running. <laughs> But it's like, figure out what works for you. For you, yes. Um, and it's going to be so yeah. different for all of us. And also, and I think this is a point we don't talk about that much, it's going to be different for you, Hannah Brown, at different times in your life. Like mm-hmm. what's going to resonate with you this month is going to be different than what's going to resonate with you next month. I always talk about this in the context of New Year's resolutions because people are like, oh, I failed. I only did this thing for a month, two months, and then I fell off. And I'm like, you are not a failure. You did it for a month or two. Like, let's applaud that. That's amazing. And maybe we need to find a way to reintegrate that, to find our why, to stick to that. Or maybe that was the habit that was going to serve us then. And there's going to be something completely different that's going to serve us now. Maybe that was the bridge that carried us to where we need to be to get to take the next path. Yeah. No, I I, I definitely um agree with that. And then I also like just see that of like, oh, okay, well, I could try sitting in silence and seeing if creative creativity comes to me. And you know what? If it doesn't, we try the next thing. We try that. There's um, so many options. Yeah. And I think it's great to be able to like kind of have that um, experiment with yourself. Um, but just, you know, knowing that I'm doing all this to really make my life better and that there are a hundred ways to do so. So <laughs> <laughs> one of them will stick. <laughs> You've had so many stick. I will say, and I love this about you so much that you share your struggles and your journey. Um, but you have changed your life in so many incredibly positive ways. And I hope that you are applauding all of those ways too, while still being committed to doing the work that you are so committed to doing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to receive that. Um, I've been pretty open. Like I can't, I don't know another way. I'm trying to learn how to not like protect myself in some way with my vulnerability, but I don't want to lose it completely. But I am seeing that I have made a lot of progress and I have changed my life in a lot of ways. And yet there's, um, you kind of, you said something earlier, like about, how you just like know for your life that you're supposed to have a big life and that you won't really settle for anything less and I just won't settle and so um, I'm just committed to continuing to like figure out the little connecting points in my life and um, always looking for more 
help and guidance. And so having these conversations are really awesome for me. And I'm then I'm like, okay, y'all can listen along and hopefully you'll be able to make sense of what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what we'll just have smarter guests on. <laughs> smarter, more knowledgeable guests to figure you can figure it out with me. But um thank you for just taking the time to talk with me today. I'm glad we got it finally on the books and it happened. Um but thank you so much, Liz Moody. Can you just share where everybody can find you and hear all the beautiful, wonderful nuggets of advice and truth um, where people can find you for that? Yeah. So the number one place is the Liz Moody podcast. We have an incredible interview with you, which I think is going to be going live on the same day as this. So after oh, you perfect. finish this episode, go listen to Hannah and I chat on the Liz Moody podcast. Um, it's a really fun interview and I appreciate your vulnerability and everything that you shared in our conversation there. And then on at Liz Moody on Instagram and on TikTok, I share bite-sized nuggets, little little fun, quick things that you can do to change your life. And I share more of my story. And then of course, 100 Ways to Change Your Life is available wherever books are sold. And I feel like you've already hyped the book up enough that- <laughs> No, I, mean, I, I know, I'm not like, buy this book. What are you doing? <laughs> what um, are you doing? Hannah Brown, if you don't buy this book, what are, what are you, you doing? doing? <laughs> Write it on the back. If we, <laughs> we have to print more copies. Yeah, we'll print more copies. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is my quote. Um, no, it's, it's awesome. Uh, but again, thank you so much. It was awesome being able to talk with you more. Thank you so much. And thanks for creating this beautiful space and asking such lovely questions. Honestly, this is like one of my more vulnerable interviews. So thank you for creating a safe space for that. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. Better Tomorrow is produced by me, Hannah Brown, and Legos Creative. Our producer is Andrew Stalmer. Our show is recorded, engineered, and edited by the Legos Creative team. Remember to follow Better Tomorrow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps and shows your support. You can follow me on socials at Hannah Brown and you can stay updated on all things Better Tomorrow on our Instagram at Better Tomorrow and our TikTok Better Tomorrow podcast. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.